0: Hey guys, ECRG here, back with another episode. Still in the midst of this pandemic, guys, today's date in the recording of this is the 29th of June, 2020. 29th of June, 2020. So, I'm going to give my coronavirus update during this episode. I'm also going to talk about what constitutes clinical research experience because I got a very good question from a listener. Uh, I believe they listen on YouTube, so if you're not subscribed on YouTube, you want to make sure you do that right now. Go ahead, subscribe. Go ahead, like all my videos. Um, comment on the videos, too. Um, before we get into that, I want to let you guys know about the resume review program and career consultation. So if you're interested in taking your resume to the next level, now is a great time to be working on your resume during the pandemic, when uh, sooner or later the pandemic is going to subside and more and more jobs gonna become available. So you want to make sure you're ready. As well as career consultation if you are unsure how to break into the field if you are unsure what direction you want to go into and how to get there you can talk to me directly and schedule with me directly so how you want to go about setting that up is emailing me a late clinical group at gmail.com I've been doing a lot of career consultation lately Um, especially now more than ever you've got to make sure that you are following the right strategies to get to where you want to be in the field so without further ado let's go ahead and get in To today's episode so this person emails in they've asked me to share their name I'm not gonna do that because I don't want to deter other people from emailing their questions in Um, but I do keep them as anonymous as possible Um, so this person emails in saying hello I've listened to a few of your YouTube videos I got your email address from the video should I get a clinical research certificate so if you guys haven't checked out that episode you guys can go check out um, should I get a clinical research certificate and you can know my thoughts on those um, if you don't know them already um, they said I left a comment there it reads quote I'm a little fuzzy on what exactly is considered experience I have management and implementation experience in behavioral theory- therapy. therapy also have a BA in psychology and have research designed a research project and presented poster presentation at university um, of critical thinking skills, cellular biology plus lab plus microbiology, lab of normal psychology and neurophysiology neuropsychology, educational background. I am also NIH certified, and in the past have also been certified as registered behavioral technician in behavioral therapy. Do these count for quote experience towards becoming a CRA and skipping the CTA starting position? I am unclear if that's the order. If so, should I aim for a CRA position? I also live in San Diego, California. Uh, Also, what's the difference between a clinical trial associate, a clinical trial assistant, and a clinical research assistant? What is each respective pay? Which one travels? What is the quality of life of each job? Do you have a video that can have a clear graph of hierarchy, pros, cons, each one? What is the ideal experience needed for each? And how do you gain each experience? Are there any free certifications that could be adhered to online for free that you know of? So they have asked a ton of questions, guys. So that's why I just responded back saying, hey, I'm going to make an episode. I, I just cannot respond to all those questions. Um, so if you guys are interested, all of the answers to those episodes, all, all the answers to those questions are already in different episodes. Um, so if you've checked out my series, like uh, it's about like what each position does. So I've done an episode on clinical trial assistant. Um, I've done an episode on clinical research associate. Um, just what their job titles and how they function in the team but I'm gonna go over that a little bit briefly now in this episode so basically do they do what they list you know having done a research project a poster presentation um, cellular laboratory biology um, do those count of clinical research experience and the answer is no but it's not it's not as it's more nuanced than that Um do they count as laboratory experience yes um, a lot of those things that you're doing is bench research that's of course science um, but when we talk about clinical research experience what we're talking to is clinical trials experience do you have experience with clinical trials do you have experience with phase one phase two phase three uh, or phase four clinical trials that's what we mean by clinical research experience so you may have research experience you may be researching something clinical but it If you're doing it at a lab basis if you're working in cells pipetting and stuff that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about do you have experience in the phase one two three and four clinical trials because all the laboratory stuff is usually before all that stuff it's what we're talking about is do you have experience with the medications with the IP with the devices going in actual patients human patients not rats mice etc Human patients do you have experience with that going in human patients and dealing with those trials so that's basically um, what you can how you can tell if you have the right experience or not now laboratory experience isn't bad it's a good segue to get into clinical research the clinical research in clinical trials Um, and a lot of companies obviously they have that stuff going on they're constantly doing research and development or R&D for short they're constantly doing research and development on new compounds and things of that nature So if you're wise you can use if you have that type of experience you can use that to get into clinical research because it's just a part of the supply chain it's just before um, they start testing in humans Um, but no that is not the type of experience that people are looking for that's why most people they need to get an entry-level job they need to get some experience you need to understand the terminology you need to understand how a trial is managed Um, that's why a position like a clinical trial assistant or a study coordinator Are great starter positions because you are able to build a strong foundation in clinical trials and clinical research that's why I oftentimes recommend those to get your foot in the door because there are a lot of those positions out there and there's a lot of turnover in clinical research so you're able to move up kind of quickly within a year or two um, which is not true for a lot of other jobs out there Um, so no to answer your question I do not think that you should skip CTA or C or Um, study coordinator or any other entry-level position and I don't think you'll be able to Um, because CRA is not an entry-level position it is not a position for somebody to get into without any type of clinical research experience Um, and that is something that you know a lot of people I guess don't realize They, they I mean a lot of people on the internet talk about CRA 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 and they hear this incredible demand for CRAs and rightfully so. I mean, I would assume it'd be for something that's in such high demand. Why is it so hard to get to, if they need them so badly? Um, but you know, as as you know, it is in high demand. But you know, just because it's in high demand does not mean it's easy to get to, or that anyone can do it. Um, there are a lot of requirements: a being the knowledge base, b being the ability to travel and spend weeks away from home at a time. Um, so those are just some of the requirements but when you talk about what's the difference between a clinical trial associate clinical trial assistant and clinical research assistant so it's gonna sound crazy but you know different companies have different names for these positions a, a one com- different companies all those different titles could be doing the same exact thing so there's it's little nuances between them what you want to do is make sure you are reading the job description make sure that they're looking for someone with little to no experience in the industry and that will be a good job for you to apply for Um, clinical trial assistant, you can go check out the episode I did on that. Um, we've talked about that numerous times, but basically they help liaison with the sites, collect documents, help out the CRA. They are basically a CRA assistant in some regards. Um, different CTAs do different things across the units. Um, you know, one CTA may be doing something and another CTA may never ever do, do that. Um, so it's, it's not just one size fits all. Um, you know as a group usually CTAs are kind of doing the similar type of things but different sponsors have different needs for their staff so you might be doing different things Um, and same thing with clinical research assistant and clinical trial associate those are those can be different names for the same thing or they may have nuanced differences like for example a clinical trial associate could be a mix between what a CTA does and what an in-house CRA does it's just that they're not um, monitoring sites remotely the whole time so that's why they're not an in-house CRA um, it could, they could be doing both same thing with a clinical research assistant um, now clinical research assistant could be just a fancy name for a clinical trial assistant or it could be someone at the site level who is working with the study coordinator and they just call them research assistant they help out however they can um, Maybe they're the, maybe they're the right-hand person to the study coordinator maybe they're helping manage um, the ISF binders Uh, things like that nature maybe they're going and chasing down the PI for signatures and things of that nature Um, so you really want to make sure that you're applying to all these type of entry-level jobs um, and reading the job description making sure that it's of interest to you and making sure that it is uh, entry-level so which one of these travels pretty much none of them are gonna travel the only traveling that one of them might have is at the site level if the site is spread out among different um, areas of the city, I've seen that before, or the complex is huge, you might travel different buildings within the complex. Um, you know, these are entry-level, you ask about pay. Look, I, I I, don't like talking about pay too much anymore with these entry-level roles because the pay is not really what matters. You wanna make sure that, of course, you can live, get by, and that shouldn't be a problem in this industry. Um, but the 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 purpose of getting in this industry for your first job is not to make a bunch of money. Is to get the knowledge, so you know you can expect pretty much thirty nine thousand, probably a little bit more in California, all the way up to about fifty thousand for these entry level jobs. So about ten grand spread, just depending. Um, maybe even more, depending on how you negotiate, um, but you could be within that range. I'd say about forty five to fifty thousand is a pretty solid range. Um, and the quality of life, I mean, that that a lot that depends on a lot. That depends on who your manager is, who your boss is, depends on which company you're working for. Um, but the quality of life in clinical trials is pretty good, and it's pretty um, pretty solid when it comes to as far as a recession or a pandemic, you're gonna have work. Um, and then you know, a graph of hierarchy. Like I said, these are mostly similar jobs. Um, I mean what one thing you have to clearly understand is the difference between a site a CRO and a sponsor I've talked about this a lot on other episodes before Um, the site just because they're all at the bottom of the food chain doesn't mean they're necessarily at the bottom Um, you know they just work at the hospital the CRO is a middleman between the sponsor and the hospital that's all they are they're just a middleman Um, so I mean technically on the hierarchy they're above the site but not really Um, one that's clearly above is the sponsor because they're paying for everything they paying the CRO they're paying the sites to do all this work so if you're talking about a hierarchy they're definitely at the top um, because they're paying for everything Um, so I mean that's just something you gotta understand and it's okay if you don't understand it coming in I mean these are entry-level roles you're not expected to know everything and you know that's just that's just what it is guys um, you a lot of people want to learn everything they can beforehand and you should but you do not have to understand everything beforehand they're going to teach you a lot of this stuff they're gonna teach you a lot about the industry in your entry-level role you just got to be open and willing to learn um, and then the ideal experience needed for each like I said these are entry-level roles there's no ideal experience uh, because they're catered to people that don't have experience so you just want to make sure that you're open and willing to learn Um, that you're trying to get into clinical research for the right reasons don't talk about how you want to get in and be a CRA within one month Um, you just want to get it and leave or you want to get in get some experience and jump to another company you don't want to be talking about that stuff no one wants no one wants a bunch of turnover no matter if it's an entry-level role or it's not so you just want to make sure you know that you're eager and willing to learn Um, there's no exact experience that's needed Um, the best experience is prior clinical research experience um, but a lot of people don't have that so that's the best experience but um, you know if you can't get it you got to just apply with what you've got um, there's ways to make it look better and that's what my resume review program is for and my career consultation and all that stuff so you could definitely make your experience look better um, and I definitely recommend that if you can um, but there's no best experience other than previous experience and then free certifications um, there's none I really recommend Um they're pretty much going to teach you everything like GCP training, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, IATA, dangerous goods training. They're going to teach you all that stuff or pay for you to get trained on it. So there's no, um, you know, best free, but it definitely sh- helps to show that you're learning. So if you can get some GCP online, some free GCP training with a certificate and everything, be my guest. Um, I don't really recommend those paid courses unless they come with a really, really robust internship. Uh, because the internship is really what matters the academic stuff you're gonna get taught all that anyway they don't really care about that they just want to make sure you got a good experience if you're gonna get hired fast um, so if you're gonna pay for those courses which again I do not recommend because they're way too expensive you want to make sure they have a really really robust internship like a strong three months or six month internship we were actually on site getting your hands dirty that's what you want to make sure if they do not have that it is not worth the money and Um, You living in San Diego, um, I think you're in a a great place. There's a lot of CROs there. There's a a number of pharmaceutical companies there, if I'm not mistaken. But I know there's a lot of CROs there. So you're in a good position there. Um, So, yeah, I think San Diego is a great place to be for clinical research. You just got to look, be hungry, be aggressive when you're applying. And you should be in good shape. So, I hope that answered all your questions. Hope if you guys have any questions, email me, eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. And um, take care, guys.